David Odyssey here, just your friendly neighborhood ancient one. On my podcast, The Luminaries, I break down the astrology, terology, and iconography of pop culture. What was Aaliyah's rising sign? Do you think Mystique is a Gemini or a Pisces? When am I going to find love already? All this and more, as above, so below. Subscribe to The Luminaries with David Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Mwah. Andrew, big news. Okay, what I feel like I know what it is. But go you ahead. already know what it is. I was telling you about it already via text and also on the phone and also right before we started recording. I but will still act excited. Yeah, act surprised for the listeners. Okay. okay, the big news is that date number two, who we all remember from last week, the huge season two premiere of Receipts, date number two, the guy with the nice kitchen. We have now been on. Four dates. The nice kitchen. The nice kitchen guy. (laughs) Translate over an audio file. Yeah. Yeah. The guy whose kitchen we could not stop raving about. That guy. I have now seen his kitchen in person. And and it is a nice kitchen. What were the dates exactly? What were the dates? Yeah. What did you do? Okay. So the first, I'm counting our 10 minute Zoom date for the podcast as a date. Okay. I I I don't know if most cultures really would, but... Many people probably wouldn't, but personally for me, I am going to count it as a date. Okay. That was number one. I know it was only 10 minutes. I know it was recorded for public consumption, but to me, it was a good date, so it's a date. Um, And then I asked him to do another virtual date, so we did a FaceTime for like an hour. That was cute. So you went from Zoom to FaceTime. Yes, I went from did, Zoom to FaceTime. Did you find like any like technical differences and like the vibe uh, is? Well, the vibe was more casual over FaceTime because it didn't mm-hmm. feel in any way like a work meeting. So sure. that's good. Um, mm-hmm. There was less of his arms in the FaceTime, which is kind of a con. Oh, kind okay. Of a con. We got a lot of arm. Again, the podcast is an audio and not visual <laughs> medium, but we got a lot of arm. Yeah, just imagine like a giant arm. A really like nice hot kitchen. arm, which I'm, yeah. I'm an arms and hands person. Some Absolutely. people are feet people. I'm an arms and hands person. I don't know. Okay. So missed that. Missed getting a nice shot of a good arm. And then we went outdoor drinks. We had three of them. Um, wow. Three I know. of what? Uh, I had, so we were at one bar that was outside and then they kicked us out because we went during the day. Because my preference right now for outdoor dining and outdoor drinking and outdoor uh, dates, this is my recommendation to anyone listening, go during the day because you're not freezing fucking cold. Oh, yeah. Because there's the sun. Yeah, Yeah, right. And you have to leave because you're like, I'm going to lose a toe and I don't want to lose a toe for a date. Wait, I, I, I do want to, you can continue. Our guest did just um, choke while you were oh, telling no. that story. Um, I don't know if it was prompted was it by. It was disgusting or because you're laughing? <laughs> it was both kind of, I just like spilled coffee all over him. Oh no. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Okay. We'll you guys you. continue. I'm just going to clean we'll up. Yeah. We'll cover. We'll cover for yeah, you. <laughs> um. Okay, so we had three drinks. The first one was at a bar that was like a brunch. It was the brunch time. Yes. So they kicked us out when they had to switch over for dinner. So we had two drinks there and I had, I think, margaritas, two margaritas. Wow. No, I had two drinks with Mezcal. 
which is very fun and flirty date drink. Absolutely. For me. And then we went over to just another bar with outdoor seating just down the street. And again, one that's not like actually the inside, but on the street, like the, it was open, you know, like there's airflow, there are heaters, but we're not like on top of people, which is the only way that I feel comfortable doing outdoor anything right now. Um, I had a glass of wine and he had a beer. Oh, very nice. Mm -hmm. Gendered. Yeah. Very gendered. (laughs) Well, it's also like I'm drinking margaritas and he's drinking old fashions. That's like, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. What a straight fucking couple. Wait. So like how much did you talk about um, this, this podcast that we're, we're on right now? I'm just, is Um, that the topic of conversation or no? We did talk about it a little bit. Um, and I did find out. So on our fourth date, which was a dinner now, but outdoor dinner, Mm-hmm. Um, close to his apartment so that he could invite me over to his apartment, which I knew that that was what was coming. Sure. Um, and we all got, we got COVID tests beforehand. So it's like very deliberate when we're like, I'm getting a COVID test. You, because that means- <laughs> Wait, you got, you got the COVID test separately, I would imagine. Yeah. We didn't go together. Okay. That would have been cute. It would have been cute, cute little date, <laughs> but, um, no, we got separate COVID tests so that we could kiss. Right. That's the And you did. And we did. Wow. Yeah. Inside. Yes. Wow. Wow. Um, It was fun. But uh, yeah, and wild that literally our first date was recorded for the podcast. Um, That's fun. It is fun. It's really cute. Um, So he, we talked about it a little bit because he's now heard the podcast. So he heard my other dates and he was a little bit like, well, I know it wasn't a competition, but guess you know, I won. I'm like, right. yeah, and I guess an in inside way, kiss really solidifies that. It really does. So I guess in some ways, yes, I was the bachelorette and he won and Neil Lane's going to be like, here's the diamond. And then we're like, okay, well, I, speaking of, I <laughs> yes. am very deep into, I, I've never watched a season of the bachelor or bachelorette. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very deep into this season. Uh, oh my God. Episodes. I'm proud that are provided to us at the moment. Uh, but yeah, I was really curious um, your thoughts on the season thus, th- thus far. Well, I think the women are going wild because Matt is letting it happen. Matt has never been on the bachelor, be- the bachelorette before. So Matt, usually the, like the person who is the bachelor or the bachelorette has experienced what their suitors are going through. Like they know what it's like to be waiting for your one-on-one. They know what it's like to want time at a group date. Like they are, right. they understand that. And because they know that they're empathetic to it, but also they don't deal with any bullshit. And I think because Matt isn't aware, there's a lot of bullshit happening. And he's just like, okay with it like he's allowing this drama to happen he's like giving way too much attention and extra time to a girl who like shouldn't be getting that because it really is taking away from the experience for everyone else and he just doesn't know he just doesn't know because he's never been in their shoes that's fair yeah that's my thinking how are you feeling I'm thinking, well, I mean, like, obviously, the first episode really did cause me a lot of stress. Okay. It's the first time that I've ever, like, watched anything that really caused that amount of stress okay. onto my and visceral body, yes. Why? Um, because of the, the first meetings? Just the, like, the, 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 the premise. I'm just okay. like, okay, you you think after, like, a maybe, like, fifth girl shows up, okay, we're 
we're really nearing the end, but th that's not no. even nearing half of them. No, there's uh, 30. Which is an insane premise, I think. I didn't, I didn't realize there was that many. Also, I hate, even still, I feel like there's still, there's still like a bunch of girls left. And when he's looking at the living room of all of them, I'm like, this is too much. <laughs> I'm over it. It's like, this is too much, right? I mean, it's a lot. He has more contestants than usual even, but that is kind of the basic premise of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And then the new girls, you know? He know? a lot of people at the same time. That's what they do. And it's just like so <laughs> insane. Like they're all just willingly fighting over this guy and crying over this yes, guy. Yes, they're crying that over this guy. Me. I'm like, okay, stop. They're shedding tears. They're getting into each other's faces. Yes. Yeah. They're putting on their their false eyelashes and their crop tops. Just, and they're getting into it. I, I think, you know, obviously not a, 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 a female identifying person, but I feel as though it's setting back the feminist movement uh, a couple hundred years. Sure, right? sure, yes. But there's also The Bachelorette where it's a bunch of men fighting for a woman. You know, is but it, what would make it all better? Obviously, it is extremely backwards as a show in terms of like the diversity in their casting, in terms of like, I think they've fucked up every single like, when there was a Me Too moment on the show, fucked it up. When we had to talk about Black Lives Matter on the show, they did an okay job with Taisha, but like we've kind of didn't really talk about it with Matt. It came up and he really didn't want to get into it. Right. Like they have the opportunity because they go to so many homes across America to make a difference in terms of being progressive and they really aren't. And obviously it's very not progressive at all that it's like only straight dating. Like we should be having well, I, like a yeah. queer bachelor or bachelorette what was that though what was that called uh are there you the was one? one on logo well there's there was a gay bachelor on i think logo uh -huh. like a million years ago and then are you the one yes where like everyone is kind of it was like a little bit more fluid yes fluid all over the like all over the spectrum mm -hmm. so that exists but there needs to be like the version like the romantic like stereotype show like I want to see like the queer dating show that also involves the roses and the gowns and the you know fancy dates and the travel which are you right. the one doesn't really have it was like kind of messier yeah I don't know it's just it takes me out I <laughs> am just it, seeing him go on these very elaborate dates one thing I will say and this will be the last thing okay. is that when he inevitably gets in a relationship with any one of these girls the dates will not be produced by a tire no. production company. And so no. it's and like, yeah. They don't necessarily live in the same state either. Like a lot, they're all from all over. So they have to, they never talk about the logistics of like who's moving to whose state. No, I want to like, see that. They have jobs like dental assistant and like maybe they'll become influencer mm -hmm. post The Bachelor, but some of them will keep their jobs. Well, Victoria's, isn't Victoria's like actual job title queen? Right. That's, that's just that's just for the show. She must do something for money. Well, she's an actress. She is a plant on that series. Yes. There's yes. no way she's real. She's not being paid to be a queen. She's not the queen of any country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's just not. Yeah. Um, but I actually think that's a really good 
uh, segue even to our guest who in my mind is a queen. She's amazing. She's hilarious. She's a writer. She's a comedian. She has a web series coming out on Rizzle ASAP. Please welcome Abby Govindan. Hi. Hello, Jenny and Andrew. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, it was so interesting to hear you guys talk about The Bachelor because I have thoughts on that show for oh, sure yeah. in that I don't watch it, um, but I do agree that it sets the feminist movement back by by numerous years. I always say that if I were a, ba- or a girl on The Bachelor, I would get everyone to unionize. And I think I've said this on more than one podcast even. Like I would just get everyone together and be like, look, they are depending on us fighting for quality television. So what we're going to do is we're going to be very civil. We're going to be very happy for each other. When he like eliminates any of us, we're going to hug each other. When he chooses any of us, we're going to congratulate each other. Anytime they have us do talking heads, we're going to be like, oh, I really want to date him, but she's so amazing. And she's so amazing. And like any one of us would be winners and like, you know, the real bachelor is the friends we made along the way. You know? um, so I wow. really hope I actually, so um, <clears throat> Indian matchmaking, have yeah. you guys heard of that show? Yeah, uh, is okay. casting for season two. And I really wanted to apply as a bit. Like I just okay. really <laughs> wanted to go there and just like fuck with them to the max. My manager was like, no, you can't do that. I'm not letting you do that. Okay. <laughs> I was really sad about it for two weeks. But I mean, it would definitely bring you press and publicity if you were a contestant on the show, even for a bit. Yeah. So what my manager said is that first of all, they have editing power. Well, because like, okay. So have you guys seen Indian matchmaking or have you only heard of it? You've seen it. I watched it. So I couldn't even watch it, but like, um, it's about arranged marriages and arranged marriages. Uh, the act itself isn't problematic, but everything that goes into it is very problematic. Like, um, and in that show, they were just openly talking about it. They were like, oh, we want someone who's upper caste, which mm-hmm. um, if you guys don't know what caste is, that's totally fine. Most people don't. But caste functions in India, similar to how race functions in America, in that like you're born into a caste and you don't really have a say and like how you're treated in society and what institutional opportunities you have really depend on caste. And so the practice of arranged marriage usually is to maintain like inter-caste relations, like upper caste people marry other upper caste people. Um, and then like skin color, like, you know, some of them were like, mm-hmm. oh, we would never want to marry a dark skinned person. And I was like, you're saying this out loud to the cameras. Like, yes. it's just so, it's so terrible. And so, Netflix. yeah, on Netflix. On Netflix, so, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to go on and just like show them all how stupid they sounded. But my manager was like, no, they have editing power. So like, if you go on to fuck with them, they're going to make you look like the bitch. And I was like, yeah, that's well, things that like people like people okay. like that would even make it through like the first round of auditions because they're looking for like deranged people like right in a, yeah. In a sense. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, yeah, they have control of the narrative. Yeah, you know? for sure. And yeah, I think it's the same issue on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette too. Like they yeah. decide like if you're gonna play the game and you're gonna be fun and cause drama, they will give you you know, the edit, they'll keep you on screen. Yeah. They'll give you more screen time. Like it's, I love your unionizing plan (laughs) obsessed, but I don't know if the producers would like, well, I guess the, I guess the tactic then is to just act batshit crazy until you actually start filming and then you calm down. (laughs) And yeah. And then when the cameras are on, you're like, no, I love everybody. Yeah, I'm just here for to have fun. Yeah, I'm exactly. For friends. <laughs> actually, I came for friends, actually. <laughs> the thing is, they do become close friends. I hope minute. so. They yeah. do. They do become close friends, a lot of them. Some of them I do think become enemies forever, which is unfortunate, but some of them become friends. So, yeah. yeah. 
I I thought about going on The Bachelor, to be honest. So what's really? Yeah, you should go. I think you would do really well because you watch the show a lot, right? I love the thing is like I just. I just like, I don't compete with women for attention. Like it's definitely happened before where me and a girl are interested in the same guy. And I was just kind of like, you can have him. Like anyone who makes me want to compete for his attention is not anyone I want anyways. And I just feel like if I were like talking to a guy and then a girl came up and was like, can I steal him for a second? And he were like, yeah, I'd be like, okay, bye. Like you leave. <laughs> You're not coming back. You know? <laughs> um, but like, that's not the kind of self-respecting women they're looking for. They're looking for women no. who will be like. That will mm-hmm. shake in their boots at every single rose ceremony it's like oh yeah. my god like insane yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly well yeah he, they want the women who are going to play along with the rules of the show right. you know because yeah you're 100 yeah. right in real life if i was on a date with someone and a woman came up and was like oh can i actually talk to him no <laughs> no you can't <laughs> i'd like to see you yeah, try we're a date we're having a nice time and we're having a date yeah. Well, I just, I always say that I love when, when women hit on a guy that I'm dating because it's a win-win for me. Like either, like either he is not interested in you as he should be. And like, I just love when pretty girls hit on a guy I'm dating because it's like the ultimate cosign. So like, it's a win in that if a pretty girl hits on a guy I'm dating, it's a cosign from her. But then if he leaves me for her, then it's a win for me because like, like that would have happened eventually anyways. So the sooner the better, you know? Um, that's always been my philosophy with dating. I've been cheated on twice. So I'm a very casual dater. You know, I'm wow. just kind of like, if, if they're going to cheat, it's going to happen. Like there's really nothing I can do to prevent it. So I'm like not a jealous person. That's been a point of contingency in a lot of my relationships. Like I remember my last two boyfriends were like, oh, you don't get jealous. Like, do you not care about me? And I was like, where the fuck are you getting yeah. this from? I'm like, if anything, it proves that I really care about you. Like you can do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. You yeah. Know? Just don't cheat on me. Yeah. Right. Like just don't break my heart and be horrible to me but like yeah have girlfriends yeah. yeah exactly with you hanging out with women do that yeah. yeah yeah well I always say that um like guys having female friends is the ultimate cosign because it means that women can stand to be around him mm-hmm. um like I've definitely dated guys who didn't have any female friends and now I know like retrospectively I know that that's just like the ultimate red flag yeah I think, yeah I 100% agree and I also really like if I I prefer the pe- person needing not to have roommates, but if they do have roommates, I prefer that it's a woman because I think really? that yes, I'm like that's a good sign. That means yeah, like, that's true. She likes him as a friend. It also probably means their apartment is nicer Please. than if it's <laughs> only guys living yeah. there. Like, yeah, I hundred percent agree. It's important that men have female friends, and also yeah, I don't know any. I think men and women can be friends without. Having oh a hundred sexual tension, I believe oh a hundred percent. I mean, like, yeah, definitely. I uh, I mean, like, I think in middle school, I was like, oh no, girls and guys can't be friends. But then, like, what? Like, there are like queer people exist. You know, I feel like queer people are the ultimate example of the fact that women and men can be friends. So if they can be friends, like everyone can. I don't know. It's just like I hate this idea that like you have to be sexually attracted to anyone that you're like of the gender that you're attracted to. You know, yeah. I definitely have a lot of male friends who I was like, we could be the last two people on earth. And I'd be like, no, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I still enjoy spending time with you, you know? And then there's that whole thing of like uh, every guy friend you have secretly wants to hook up with you. But I definitely have male friends who like, if we were the last two people on earth, I'd be like, okay, should we get together? And they'd be like, no, no. <laughs> we're not doing that shit right now. <laughs> I have known you for 13 years. <laughs> right. so. just not in the cards for us, baby. Um, wow. Okay. So you're a casual dater. Are you a casual dater right now? What is happening? Um, I am typically a casual dater in that I like, uh, kind of weed, kind of like I play my little mini game of the bachelorette, except none of the guys know, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. (laughs) I usually date multiple guys and then like slowly weed them out until I find one that I like. Um, during COVID times, I was less of a, like, I wasn't ever seeing multiple people. I was very careful about like meeting up with guys. So, uh, I broke up with, uh, my last serious boyfriend, January of 2020. And then in 2020, I saw about six guys over the span okay. of like 11 months. Um, and they all sucked. But uh, mm-hmm. for most of them, we social distance dated for two weeks and then like screened for symptoms. And then we got tested and then we broke social distancing. Mm-hmm. Um, the last guy that I dated in 2020, uh, got me too by 15 women. And I was like, this is it. This is it. This is it for me. This is not meant to happen. And look, he wasn't even the worst of them. Like one of them turned out to be racist. Like, uh, another one just like talked to me. Like I was a flashlight. I was like, dude, like, I know I'm not your girlfriend, but you can't treat me like an object. No. Um, So I was just like not having a good 2020. I, so three out of the six are like total horror shows. I, I would say six out of the six. six I, would, I would say six out of the six. Um, oh no! Where did you? And I was like, "This." Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, so one of them, my friend, set me up with, and then the other, like five, I met on dating apps. Um, Are you still and then, with that friend? Yeah. What happened to that friend? <laughs> yeah. Is that ba- she's my best friend? Is the problem? So she went to high school with this kid, and she was like, "Hey, so this guy went to high school. Is just like a huge fan of of you as a comedian, and like wants to take you out." And then he ended up being racist. And I was like, girl, what, what the fuck? And she, she was so like, every time I see her, I'm like, this happened like eight months ago. But every time I see her, she's like, I'm so sorry for that. I'm like, oh so God. sorry I put you through that. And I was like, you know what? It's fine. Um, Cause I do have a no white boys policy, but I did lift that policy very temporarily for two boys this year. And I immediately regretted it. Like, I was like, why did I do this? Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, yeah. it and so, pandemic, so we were kind of looking, there were slim picking. <laughs> We were oh yeah just for trying sure. to find some companionship during this horrible time. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So so yeah. me too. Right, this guy uh, that I was seeing, he he was like a very prominent like film director, despite being my age. So he's twenty three, uh, like very like accomplished. Won a student Oscar, which is like the most impressive. I mean, like it's like literally the Oscars for college students, and yeah. worked with Olivia Wilde and all these things. And then he got me too by like fifteen women. I was like, I had whiplash. I was like, oh, this is not happening for me this year. Like, I am not meant to find someone I'm supposed to be with. Um, at the last minute, I matched with this guy on Hinge, Indian guy. I like anyone who has followed me for any amount of time on social media will know that like I've like my running joke is like no white boys but like something an overarching theme is I've always wanted to date an Indian guy just because I've wanted that cultural overlap but most of the ones that I tried to date just like um just like didn't work out like this guy who got me too by 15 women was an Indian guy Uh you know so I was like maybe it's not happening for me this year but as a Hail Mary like I matched with this really really sweet Indian guy um he's a middle school teacher which is really cool and like that's nice. Uh, really nice. And we hit it off really well. And that okay. was two months ago. And I'm okay. currently talking to you from his apartment. Oh, 
okay. He is the only one that I am seeing. The, okay. Uh, left the days of casual dating behind me. Um, but it's like, so, so okay, he, he and I are exclusive by virtue of the fact that it's COVID and I'm not going to mm-hmm. be dangerous about it. But I did tell him that like, if I had met him in non COVID times, I would also not want to see anyone else. Like I do want to like objectively Aww. see where this goes. And like, we're not officially boyfriend right. girlfriend yet because my last boyfriend was like very controlling. Mm-hmm. Um, and very, he was very cool until we put the boyfriend girlfriend label on it and he was very mm-hmm. controlling. So that's kind of what I told this guy. I was like, Hey, just want to test the waters. Like, let's do this for three months and see if, if like, this is something we want to do. So I like call him my boyfriend in passing just cause it's easier to explain than all of that. But technically I'm single, but I like, if someone else asked me out on a date, I'd be like, no, sorry, <laughs> I'm seeing okay. someone. So it was good. I mean, like, I guess 2020 wasn't a complete bust. Like I really was about to not go on that date. Cause I was like, yo, you have the worst luck with men. Like there's no I, reason to believe. Yeah. The fact that you still had <laughs> hope after six heinous dates. Yeah. Terrible so men. Well, can I tell you what changed my mind? Yeah. Can I tell you? So it might not be relatable to you guys, right? But um, I have a cat named Anjali, um, okay. which is an Indian <laughs> name when I adopted her two years ago. And so I was talking to this guy and uh, I was sending him pictures of my cat and he was like, what's her name? And I said, Anjali. And he said, is there any significance to that name? And I said, it's actually the name of my favorite Indian song that I listened to growing up. And he was like, what a coincidence. That's also my favorite Indian Aww. song. And that's when I was about to cancel, like straight up, I was about to cancel. And then I was like, maybe this cultural overlap thing is like a positive, you know? Yeah. And then we met up for dinner and we had a lot of the same like favorite Indian movies. His favorite show was Nathan for you, which is like mm-hmm. also my favorite show. And I was oh. like, what a, like, that's so, yeah. yeah. So here we are two months later. <laughs> I'll let you guys know how this Loving it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that is, a, I know that That's was great. such a long answer to your question, but yeah. No, but I loved Not it. Not casual loved. dating now. Yeah. No, I didn't want the spark notes. I wanted the full story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Story. Um, and also I think it's very sweet because the, there is something to, during COVID, it's really hard to casually date in the same way that we would have before the pandemic. It's like anytime that you're going to be alone in a room with someone like inside, you are taking, you're taking a risk. So like being exclusive with someone I think happens so much earlier than it would usually. And it's very, it's very nice to be like, I want to be exclusive with you for our safety, but also because actually I would circumstance. Yeah. I would want to be exclusive with you otherwise too. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. I still would want to be exclusive. That's really nice. That's really nice. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. I, I see it that way too. Um, because I mean like earlier with the one who ended up being racist, uh, like he said something really mean to me and I was crying and I was like, but I can't break up with him because I can't date other guys in quarantine. Like I've already broken social distance with him. And then I had snapped out of it. I was like, what the fuck am I saying? Like, you don't have to date this guy just because like it's quarantine. So broke up with him the next day. It was the best thing I ever did. <laughs> but yeah, like Proud of you. my decision to be exclusive here is, is purely like it happened sooner because of COVID, but it made me realize sooner than I would have if COVID were anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying what you said. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it, like that's something that I'm finding too. And like, if somebody yeah. isn't willing to be exclusive with you, like, cause I've also had prior to the person that I'm seeing right now, like I was kind of trying to just meet someone and like ran into an issue where I was like, well, we've hooked up now and I think we should just hook up with each other. And then he kind of was like, no, I'm seeing other people. Right. And it was like, 
Okay, not <gasps> no. really. Yes, and it's a little bit like, oh, we have really different ideas of like what is safe and responsible values. right now. That's yeah, really our values are so different. So I don't know. I just yeah. think that's very interesting. <laughs> God bless pandem. Yeah. God bless yeah. pandem. But it's telling me that like this person who I was interested in is a fuckboy. And I really know that because he's like, absolutely, I'll spread a virus. Right. For- yeah, because if they're willing to yeah, spread a virus, then they're willing to cross a lot of other... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, so one of my followers actually DM me and she was like, Hey, I really like this guy, but I found out he was dating multiple women. What should I do? And I said like, Oh, and you know, in any other circumstance, I'd be like, Hey, like if this is how you feel, if you guys don't have a label, technically he doesn't owe you anything. So like you should tell him how you feel um, and then see if he wants to be exclusive. But in this case, I was like, you have to end things with him immediately because like it's, it, the, the problem isn't seeing other people. The problem is honesty. Like if you're seeing other people, you should absolutely be honest about it. And so that was my, like, Part of the reason I didn't want to see multiple people is because of the virus. But if I were to do that, I would, I would have an obligation to tell all of them that, right? Yes. And that was a conversation I did not want to have. Like right. if the ethics of it didn't <laughs> deter me, then the like having the conversations of it should have. And so right. the fact that there's so many people right now, I've heard so many horror stories of girls who are like, oh, I found out that a guy that I was seeing was seeing like six other people. And I was like, I would literally have a heart attack. Yeah. Like that, it's you know? scary. It's like, you guys have to do contact tracing now. You have to be like- mm-hmm. <laughs> who did you see and when reach out to all of them about like yeah because it's yeah, really exactly. a liability so yeah yeah you were right to tell your follower end it <laughs> <laughs> she did I'm okay. very happy for her yeah I'm happy for her too yeah I love telling girls to I love telling girls to dump men <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's a passion of mine yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know some might say hobby some might say <laughs> <laughs> full-time career yeah career who knows um, yeah, but speaking of guys that I dated in 2020, I do yeah. have some very interesting receipts that yes. I think you will very I, much enjoy. Um, yeah, I'm pulling one up right now. So I dated this guy for six months. Um, and I mean, like a lot went wrong in the relationship. A lot of it was my fault for sure. I'm not, I'm not like putting the blame mostly on him. I don't think that's a very adult thing to do, but something that I realized like months after I got out of the relationship was that he was very like controlling in a way that like, but in a very unique way, like in a way that I didn't even see it when I was in the relationship, you know, like he would ask, like he was reading through my text messages. Like I remember a few times when I told him I'd sleep over at his place at the last minute, I was like, oh, hey, like I want to take some space tonight instead. Or like, oh, hey, my parents aren't letting me come. Um, and it was like a full on like fight and he was really upset. Oh. And um, my favorite story to tell people is I was um, uh, I was a surrogate for, I don't know if surrogate's the right word. I was like an influencer for Julian Castro's 2020 presidential campaign. And so when his campaign was in Houston, uh, in 2019, they asked if I'd like to come meet Julian. And so my boyfriend at the time and I went and uh, the three of us took a picture with Julian. And then I was like, hey, would it be okay if just I took a picture with Julian? Because who knows how long this guy will be around. But like, <laughs> who, like my support for, for Julian, hopefully will be forever. Like he hasn't done anything terrible yet. Hopefully never. He's a great yeah, guy. Um, but I'm hoping we don't have to cancel him. Oh yeah, no, he's great. Um, Definitely probably one of the most, if not the most progressive politicians um, in the democratic party right now. And so 
and, and then when I asked for a picture with just Julian, my boyfriend blew up. He was so angry, so upset. He was like, if you wanted me out of the picture, you should have just said so. Like, this is so manipulative of you, blah, 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 blah. And I was oh like, do God. you think I'm going to cheat on you with 2020 presidential candidate Julian Castro? <laughs> like, is that what you think is going to happen? <laughs> or like, uh, or like I tweeted that like Josh um, the Asian host, the new Asian host of Blue Sclues is really cute. Okay. And I haven't seen him, but I will look him up right after. He's very tra- Have you seen him, Andrew? No, I'm going to look him up right now. Okay. <laughs> I need to know. Um, yeah, he's, well, he's very attractive okay. and he's very young, very like fit, very cute. Um, and so I tweeted that I thought he was cute. And then my boyfriend later that day was like, that was really inappropriate of you to tweet. And I was like, what? Like everyone has celebrity crushes, right? Even you. And he was like, yeah, but you're a stand-up comedian. Like if you make it, you might meet him one day. And then how do I know you won't cheat on me with him? And I was oh like, oh my God. What? He is very, very cute. My love. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> He's really him cute. In, him in blue. They're so oh, Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's <laughs> married. Unfortunately, he's married because, you know, after we broke up, I was like, maybe I will DM Josh on Instagram. He's very, he's very married, unfortunately. Okay. Um, they really, they yeah. fuck up his hair on the show. His natural hair is so much nicer than what they, they like make it like flat. Do you see this? Right. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. there's, like, yeah. there's no texture to it. Oh, yeah. Good. He's like yeah. so much hotter here i'm so oh sorry. yeah oh my god that's yeah. Yeah. Man. honestly we're in trouble all of these kids are gonna have their sexual awakening <laughs> watching way too early <laughs> yeah well the thing is like steve and steve's an attractive man for sure but steve wasn't so attractive that no. four-year-old me was questioning like if bisexual you know i saw steve and i thought of like a preschool teacher i was like yeah there's my right. friend steve you know well, but i feel like if josh were on screen when i was four i'd be like oh i guess i am attracted to men you know, know what i'm saying yeah, <laughs> the, the guy who yes. replaced replaced like Steve, like I want to say, like in two thousand four. What was his? Oh name? no, I know who you're talking about. The cousin. Yeah, he was. He was okay. He was attractive. He was. He was built. He was muscular. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't know. I'm not keeping up. I'm not keeping on top you of keep the up. house of blues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, you gotta get on this. Yeah. <laughs> you should honestly. That's where the hot guys go. It turns out they're yeah. hanging out with blue. They're getting ever them since out. Steve went to college. It's been hottie after hottie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Truly. Um, oh, is he still in college? I hope he's doing well at college. <laughs> Good <laughs> he's for still him. Canonically in college. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so anyway, this boyfriend is the receipt. This ex-boyfriend is the receipt that I was going to pull up for this podcast. Okay. Um. So I showed it to you, right? So um. So there's a lot that goes into this relationship. I won't really get you into the details of it. But one thing that he took it upon himself to do bizarrely was like to diagnose me with a slew of mental illnesses that I didn't have. And like, he was just like, you're just so crazy. And like, I'm the only one who, and I was like, yes, you're so right. I'm broken, whatever the fuck, right? So he told me that I had like OCD, ADHD. um, What else did he say? He said something else. This man is not a doctor. Not even kind of. Oh no, he's okay. very unemployed, by the way. Okay. And um, and yeah, and then it all culminated into bipolar, or sorry, not bipolar, borderline personality disorder. He was like, you are just like so constantly needing validation. Like you're so overly sexual. Like you're always looking for whatever. He was like, you have borderline personality disorder, and it destroyed me literally. Right. Oh, so after he broke up with me, yeah, I, I mean, I'm better now for sure. Is, yeah, this, but this man is like. 
textbook gaslighter. Like this is. Oh yeah. This is the yeah. gaslighter supreme. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I'm he sorry. should give. He should get an award for it. Honestly. Yeah. They but, should get the Oscar um, for gaslighting. <laughs> the Oscar for gaslighting. Um, yeah, but the reason I bring this up is because uh, so in the aftermath of our breakup, like after he broke up with me, I would send him all these texts and I'd be like, you're the person I'm meant to be with. Like, you're the only one who's willing to like see, like, you know, put up with all my craziness. And then I went on like two dates with someone else and I like sna- snapped out of a trance. I was like, I'm not toxic. I'm not unlovable. I am fucking sexy as shit. I'm really yeah. good at first dates. Guys love to date me. Like, yes. this is ridiculous, right? So Absolutely. I started distancing myself from him and then he did a complete 180 like after we broke up he was like you're broken you're so lucky I even dated you for this long then after we broke up he reached out to me and he was like hey I'm in need of a friend I'm in need of emotional support and I was just trying to be nice you know Mm -hmm. um so that's the context of this text message so he texted me um I just told him that I had gotten a TED talk right and so he texted me and he said when is the talk this month right also did you start tutoring because I just started a tutoring job And then he asked, also, are you still opposed to platonic cuddling asking for me? Hmm. And I responded two weeks ago, LOL. uh, Oh, two weeks from now, LOL, because he asked, when is the TED Talk? Mm -hmm. And I said, also, I haven't started tutoring yet. They want me to retest. They wanted me to take the ACT again. And that's the whole thing I I have to deal with, right? And then he responded, that's plenty of time. I don't think that counts as procrastinating yet. And also, um... And then I, okay, okay, sorry, <laughs> I've lost track. Anyway, and then I responded, I am opposed to platonic cuddling. I think it's just best for us to be friends with no complications or chances of us falling back into old habits. Yes. And then he responded and he said, that. I don't, yeah, thank you. And then he responded and he said, I don't think it will change your answer, but I am for the record also opposed to old habits. Anyway, do you have any friends that could use a platonic cuddle buddy? Question mark, LOL. The LOL really seals it, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. cringing, LOL. right? It's LOL that's like, cringing? I'm kind of kidding, but I'm not. <laughs> oh like, I'm just, I'm being cute about this, right? I'm cute. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you expect? Like, you to, like, pimp out, like, one of your friends that is, like, just casually mentioned, like, hey, yeah, I would love someone to platonically, like, cuddle with. Insane. especially your ex yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I want you would and then like, oh sorry yeah you go tell us no, no 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 continue continue no I was just gonna say like what makes him think that you would be like yeah uh, yeah babe go hang out with my ex who ruined my fucking life Absolutely. and cuddle him <laughs> <laughs> my ex is looking for a big spoon and you know what yeah. <laughs> this is it <laughs> he's paying $30 an hour you know it's you really got to get it on it like if you do it full-time there's a 401k there's a retirement I really suggest it and then um after all this would you also would you be willing to help me decipher a text conversation with a woman I met off an app you can definitely say no to that I responded hmm I don't think I'm there yet unfortunately and he said ah okay no worries sorry abs and here's the thing so here's here's the thing is I didn't say I don't think I'm there yet unfortunately because I was bothered with him dating other women in fact I was very excited that he was not my problem anymore you know what I'm saying like I was like oh great like you're someone else's problem now I just didn't want him to think that we had that repertoire of like Mm -hmm. where he could be like hey I have a problem with it and I do have repertoires like that with some of my exes like I've dated I have so many friends that I've dated and it didn't work out and I was like we can just be friends it'll be fine like I always say that people I've dated and hooked up with are definitely going to be at my wedding because like (laughs) to me like romance is so like fluid in terms of like you either have it or you don't Mm -hmm. um but he's not one of those people that I want to be friends with you know like he was like once he was out of my life 
Yeah, he's no, oh no, he's a hundred percent. He's not invited. invited to the wedding. Um, so that's what when I said hmm, I don't think I'm there yet. Unfortunately, I didn't mean like I'm uncomfortable with the idea of you dating other women. I was like, I don't want to be friends with you. I don't want to yeah. be like associated with you. Like I don't You're want like, any of this. Bullshit. Don't ask me for girl advice because I don't want to. Yeah. Talk to you. <laughs> like yeah, like my girl advice would be to tell the girl to run. You know? <laughs> um. And, oh man, it's so great. And like you know, we always tell men to go to therapy. Like we're like men, go to therapy, go to therapy. But like. I've met so many men who go to therapy and then they weaponize like therapeutic language to get what they want out of situations, you know, like, um, he was telling me that his therapist, uh, like he told his therapist, like, oh, I think my girlfriend has borderline personality disorder. And then his therapist was like, yeah, sounds like it. And I was like, how the fuck would your therapist know? She's never met me. She's only heard what you've told her about me. You know, it's like, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. that's the receipt that I present to you guys. So please feel free wow. to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, well, I'm very impressed with the boundaries that you were setting in the entire text thread. Really beautiful use of boundaries. And it's just unbelievable to me the like the gall of this guy. Yeah. Like how, what did he possibly think you were going to be like, yeah, I'm coming over we're going to cuddle where I'm going to give you girl advice. Like we're chill. <laughs> like when you literally had a fight at a political event, like in front of like, yeah. like why does he think that you are in a place in your relationship where it just, it's, it shows no um, self-awareness. None, none. And that's none. the thing. And like, like, I don't know. Like if, if that relationship taught me anything, it's that, it's that like controllingness does definitely come in different forms because I dated a guy who's very controlling, like very, like you're only allowed to hang out with me. Like you're not allowed to have any other friends. And this last boyfriend wasn't exactly like that, but he wasn't also, he also wasn't not like that. Like he, he used just the right terminology. He was very progressive, like very, like, you know, um, like, I mean, like if you were to get into a conversation with him about politics, like you would, you would see with him eye to eye, like he very much thinks the right things, but also he thinks that he's the exception in a lot of ways. And I know that this is not an uncommon phenomenon in men. Um, like he was unemployed. And I remember like, I was like really stressed about it because I was looking for work. And like, I was also bearing a, a lot of the financial burden and he was like struggling a lot in his life. And I tried to be understanding of that. But like, every time I was like, Hey, like, you know, it's kind of difficult on me to take a lot of the financial burden in this would you be looking would you be willing to like look for a job could you please look for a job mm-hmm. he was like that sounds like a threat <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And then and then one day I was like okay if you're not gonna look into work getting work can you will you please at least look into grad school mm-hmm. and he was like I'm too smart for grad school if anything oh I'd be doing I'd be teaching them more than they could teach me wow. he was like convinced he was like yeah like with my grades and with my expertise um I could definitely get into Stanford like he would just talk about Stanford like it was just an easy program program to get into um and I was wow. like oh man I he he is intelligent like I'll I'll yeah, he him sounds, credit to I mean he does sound intelligent smart but like not in many ways like gloat about it it's yeah. like it, it, smart well, people but don't the, really the, do that yeah. yeah, but here's the thing is like, I've met people smarter than him. And the thing is, when you're intelligent, you don't 
like, I don't know, the people who, my favorite type of people are the ones who are quietly intelligent and also the ones who feel like they still have so much left to learn. Like I have so mm-hmm. many friends who are doing grad programs at Stanford, but if you ask them if they were going to get into Stanford, they would not have said like, oh, I can so easily get into Stanford. Right. They were like, I would be so lucky to get in. Like, that's mm-hmm. my dream program, you know, like uh, who's to say like, what will happen? I've never heard someone just be like, yeah, I'm going to get into Stanford. And so I was just kind of like, will you at least apply and just show me if that's possible? Because now I'm just curious. <laughs> if you're delusional or not you know what I'm saying I want to just see since you're definitely gonna get it why don't you just apply yeah why don't you just show me (laughs) yeah exactly yeah why don't you just show me and then we'll see and then yeah oh maybe or or you can just teach them or you can go and you can become a professor I don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so I was like you could go and become a professor um well that's what I was like oh if you get your PhD you can become a professor um well so like at the tail end of our relationship, right when I got out, just like the tech said, he asked, do you start tutoring? I'd started a tutoring job um, that paid about 25 to 40 an hour. Like I hadn't negotiated salary at that point. I ended up not starting because of COVID, but um, starting salary was about 25 an hour. You can negotiate it up to 40, depending on what your ACT score was and what your expertise was, right? And so um, I knew he was having trouble, trouble finding work and I knew that he had a really high ACT score from high school. So I was like, hey, do you like, if you want to apply, like, I'd be happy to like, tell them that I know for a fact that you're smart. And he was like, Abby, Abby, thank you. So nice. (laughs) Thank you. I was really trying to help. And and he was like, no, my labor is worth way more than like $25 an hour. He was like, I could go to any of these like Houston kids and charge them a hundred dollars an hour for my expertise. And I was like, who the fuck is going to pay you a hundred dollars an hour for tutoring? And he was like, no, it's for comp sci. Like I could just be like, oh, hundred dollars an hour. And at the end of like four hours, your kid will just be like fluent in JavaScript. And I was like, no, that's a good point. Like, 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 you know, JavaScript is a very valuable like technique and people are willing to pay top dollar for it. A hundred dollars an hour is absolutely not what they're going to be willing to pay no. for it though. And like, see that he's I, just like, I don't think the kids are really you know. dying to learn JavaScript also. I don't no, know. Yeah, exactly. They're like, I'm really dying to learn Java. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, and you know, so for the longest time after we broke up, I like really hated myself, like, because like at the end of every relationship, I was always like, oh, fuck that guy. And I, but at the end of this one, I didn't know like why I hated myself. Um, and then I watched seduced, which is that documentary about Nexium. Oh, yeah. And in that India Oxenberg, which is, she's like the type or like the person that they interview. This the stars one. So not the one. Yeah, the stars one, not the HBO one. The HBO one, in fact, was funded by Nexium and so cannot be trusted at all. But the okay. stars one is really profound and very good. Okay. And in that India Oxenberg was like, you know, after I left this cult, like I viscerally hated myself because there were so many red flags. And instead of trusting my instinct and running for the hills, I like stayed, right? I pushed down those red flags and I stayed. And then I realized that's how I felt about this relationship. Like there were so many instances where I was like, is this wrong? But he had been in three long-term relationships and I had only been in one kind of, like my longest relationship was 11 months. So I was like, maybe he's doing something right and I'm doing something wrong. Um, And for the longest time, I was like, you know, he's not a bad person. He was just like accidentally hurtful to you. But then I remembered on our first date, he said something that I've always wanted to do is start a cult. I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I'm just really good at convincing people to like follow me. I'm really good at being charming and charismatic. And he is. He's very charming and very charismatic. 
And then that's when I was like, everything he did was on purpose. Like, there's no such thing as a good cult. There's not, well, not a single illegal. Example. It's illegal yeah. to have a cult <laughs> first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, they're all like at their core. Like, eventually, they become this like abuse of power and corruption and like exploitation. And so that should have been my first red flag. I should have been like, this guy wants to start a cult. No. See ya. But at the time, I thought it was cute. I was like, "Aha, he wants to start a cult." Right. <laughs> like, no, you know, <laughs> like, be fun or whatever. for sure a cult. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. But okay, but you have to give yourself some some grace there because you're learning with every relationship, and it's just it's hard. You learn over time. Like, oh, this is a red flag, and I'm not going to pull it out of the ground and throw it away. I'm going to look, yeah, at it and then I'm going to turn around. Rather yeah. than being like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it's and hard. I mean, like, it yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. And especially and that, with someone who is smart and charming and manipulative enough to start the next Nexium, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. She was describing Keith Raniere, who's the founder of Nexium. And I was like, oh, this sounds so familiar. She was like, he's like charming, he's charismatic, he knows the right thing to say, he makes you trust him. And I was like, oh boy. No. <laughs> oh my God. Oh no, it yeah. did him. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, yeah, very much su- suggests seduced on stars. It's very eye-opening, even for because like the thing she says at the very end is she's like, uh, you can't think she's talking about cults. She's like, you can't think this will never happen to you because that's the moment that it's most likely to happen to you. Um, and I just think that's so profound, not only about cults and bad relationships, but just about everything. Like you can't ever think you're immune to anything bad happening to you. Like you can't ever be like, oh, I'm too woke or I respect myself too much. Cause like, that's when it hits, you know? So you always have to be like super vigilant. Um, yeah. So that's that ex-boyfriend. Oh I have God. one more receipt for you if you have the time. Yeah, we want it for sure. I just, Abby, this, it's been a wild year for the world, but I think it's been a wild year in your dating life too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Season 22, season 23 of Abby Govindan was definitely not the best season. It was the most entertaining for sure, but for the yeah. protagonists, very right. much not like a lot of ups and downs, a lot of twists, but like we're really a lot of twists yeah. through the ringer this season. <laughs> we're really seeing how many conflicts can we have here? Oh, yeah, for sure. How many can we get away with giving this character? <laughs> um, yeah, so another another story that I have is uh, in right after I got out of a relationship three years ago mm-hmm. in New York City, which is where I was in college, um, I went on a date with this guy who is a med student, very like charming, charismatic, attractive, I guess I have a type. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and then at the end, and like he had two pet snakes that he just like pulled out and I was obsessed. I love You that. love the snakes? That's good. I love them. Yeah. And so Happy. I was obsessed. Ugh. Andrew, do you like the snake? No, I'm totally with the snakes. I think that's really, it's unique. I don't know. I think it's fun. Okay. I love, well, I just love reptiles. I think they they get such a bad rap, but like these snakes were literally like slither puppies. Like they were so cute. And like, they don't like, you know, like reptiles don't know how to be affectionate, but like my human brain was like, oh, it just hissed at you. Like that's affection, you know, and when it, it was all <laughs> over my body and it was like wrapping around my neck, not choking me. It just like felt like affection, you know? Okay. Um, and I loved it. And then at the end, you said this might not be relatable to you that the last story that was relatable to me this story is not relatable to me 
<laughs> That's what everyone tells me. <laughs> I understand falling in love with the same song in childhood and then wanting to date that person. I get that. The snakes? I don't know. I don't think I can get it. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, but um, so uh, yeah, and then at the end, uh, he like kissed me, and then I was like, "Sorry, I'm not in the mood," and I just like went home. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, it wasn't that clear. Like, we just had a whole conversation about it. And I was very much like, mm, this isn't something I'm interested in. And then I was just very uncomfortable with, like, how much he pushed me towards it, even though I verbally said, like, I'm not interested in this. So um, he, like, texted me and he was like, you know, it's like a, a very, like, I don't even remember it. This was, like, three years ago. But he was like, you know, it's very, like, uh, problematic of you to lead me on. Like, I really enjoyed blah, blah, mm. blah. And then so I responded and I was like, hey, uh, like I told you, I didn't want to do anything with you. I don't appreciate you pushing me to my limit. Like, I just really never want to hear from you again. And I blocked him, right? Yes. Three years ago. Yes. Last week, that. he sends me a DM on WhatsApp because he oh. knows I blocked him, right? So he's mm. like, maybe WhatsApp. And I got the notification and my heart literally sank, but not in a scared way, in a like the audacity. Yes. Way. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, like, I was oh, like, I can't use her phone number. So I'm going to just use a different platform. Cause I still yeah. have that inbox. Like, Do oh you- my God. And this actually with so with the, with the last boyfriend that I was just talking about, he actually tried to reach out to me through my best friend mm-hmm. uh, by DMing her on Twitter. And like when he, when she sent me that screenshot, my heart dropped in the same way, but again, not in a scared way, not in like a, oh, this is so like heart wrenching way. Like literally I was like the audacity, yes. like you are blocked mm-hmm. for a reason. Like I don't want any, there's no good excuse. Like unless you're fucking dying and I'm the only one who can take you to the hospital, which even in that case, I would hesitate after everything you put me through um so yeah when this guy like messaged me on whatsapp i was like what the audacity and and i have my whatsapp setting so that you can't see like the preview you have to open up the app Mm -hmm. and um so i opened up the app and as i was telling you guys before we were recording i thought that it would be something like sorry or like hey can we talk or like i regret what i did to you no it's just a joke (laughs) Um, literally just a joke. I haven't opened it because I don't want him to like see that I read it, you know? Yes. Um, but but I was reading it to you guys earlier. Uh, the, the joke is what's the difference between a lobster with breast implants and a dirty bus station? Uh, do either of you guys know the answer? No. Let me see. Okay. Me neither. No, but are you looking it up, Andrew? Yeah, I'm looking it up. Okay. I found it on Reddit. You found it? A one's a crusty bus station and the other is a busty crustacean. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> no, that would have okay, like that would have gotten him blocked again. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because because like look, but like you got blocked last time because you tried to pressure me into doing something I didn't want to, and now you're coming up to me talking about voluptuous crabs. Yes. <laughs> voluptuous that crabs. just feels inappropriate. It does. You know Read the room, dude. Read the room. I just I also think it's very funny like he must have seen that joke on reddit like he saw that joke on the internet and was like oh this will be the ticket this is how I'm gonna get back to you know who you know who would love this joke that girl that blocked me three years ago after I tried to pressure her into having sex with me yeah she does she'll love this yeah There's been a lot of, there's been a surplus of audacity this year, I feel like, because like these two, I told you, reached out to me. They're not even the only two. (laughs) They're like two of like five people who've tried to reach out to me. And I was like, where the fuck are all of these guys coming from? Like, I just need to know. Right. Um, Like why? (laughs) I just, I feel like it's been a chaotic moment in time 
But that doesn't mean you should ruin the lives of women that who've told you that they're not interested. Like, yeah. even though it's chaos, just stop. Just go to bed. Is I my just like, can't even, I just like, can't even like process it. Like to my knowledge, I've never been blocked by a guy, you know, cause I don't think I've ever pushed the boundary in that sense. Like, I don't think I've ever like made someone so uncomfortable that they were like, okay, we, I need to block this girl. Um, I just like, can't understand the thought process of like being like, oh, I was blocked. And instead of being embarrassed and ashamed by it, being like, maybe I should follow up on this different platform. Maybe I should yeah. reach out through her best friend. Like that is some psycho thinking. Like it really is just not taking no for an answer. Just being like, cut oh, your fucking losses. Yeah. 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 You're not getting a dub. So get out. You're take the L. Yeah. As truly. they say on the internet. As they say on the, as the young ones say on the as internet. They take the L people. And I just do you guys I, have any, sorry, what? <laughs> no, just like, I, I do want to say though, Abby, I think you have demonstrated in your receipts that you are very good at setting boundaries for yourself and also being very eloquent and strong. Like you're not giving in to any bullshit. And I Thank love you. that for you. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. I was going to ask, do you guys have any examples of people uh, like following up or trying to contact you after you've blocked them? Well, I spent a lot of time thinking while you were telling that story, being on the other side of the, like being the person that's pursuing you in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was different because it was a friend that I brought it up like almost like a year ago now, Jenny, the friend that's- of mine from college that just like, completely fell off the face of the earth Mm -hmm. with me and I did like it was right at the beginning of quarantine where I was just like hey I would like to connect in some fashion I live alone I would like to talk to people that I'm friendly with and everything Uh, and I was quickly realizing more and more texts that I put out that was just like not receiving a response. And so I was reaching out on different platforms and I really should have given up but it was just obviously like in a bad place with March and everything. Mm-hmm. So um, I was reaching out and I reached out to one of her friends that I've met through her. And I was like, hey, where is she? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, oh, well, I, like, I was just talking to her today. I'll remind her. And like, then I'm like, now I'm like, following up with her friend and everything. And like, I feel insane. But it's like, okay, nothing has even happened. So yeah. I don't even understand why you're not responding to these like nice text messages where I'm just like, Hey, just thinking of you would love to catch up, which like quickly. Yeah, transferred. Well, yeah, go ahead. I don't think that's the same. I don't think that's the same at all. Like I um, have definitely followed up with friends that I've like uh, fallen out or like fallen out with or just like haven't talked to. And I think that following up on different platforms um, with someone that you've kind of like, uh, what am I trying to say? Um gone astray from that's not the word I'm looking for a strange like someone who's a strange yeah. like I don't think following up with someone who's a strange is the same as like someone who's like specifically told you they don't want you in their life anymore right right, right. it sounds like right. this friend and you just like like fell apart like it's not like you guys had like a messy ending or anything and you were breaking any boundaries yeah. but I think it's, a, it's like so yeah what I'm trying to say is um yeah like you don't have to worry about it. I, <laughs> I mean like I, I think you like, do have to be crafty if it's someone who is being a poor communicator with you because she's never expressed that she doesn't want to be your friend outright. She's never right. She's just not communicating she's- anything, and so it did get to the point where you know I've sent a number of messages and everything that she did block me on everything. So okay. it's just like, uh, it's it like weighs on my mind, you know, every so often where I'm like, okay, 
what actually even happened? I understand that maybe I wasn't taking the the best route by like continuously reaching out, but I don't think that it was like unwarranted because it wasn't as if we had like a big blow up or anything. I was just genuinely yeah. confused and concerned. Uh, and so I have no means of getting in contact with her. And it's like, that sucks because it was like one of my best friends from college and I have no reason to believe that anything even happened between yeah. us. And, yeah. That's, it's a mystery. That's a mystery. It's like, it's so mysterious. So frustrating. I hear like, I just like heard from another friend that she just got engaged a few months ago. I'm like, she's clearly communicating with people, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Right. Well, so if it makes you feel better, that actually happened to me. Um, after I got out of a relationship, a really bad relationship in sophomore year of college. Like it, I just like really needed friends and it seemed like no, I had no one to turn to. Like so many of my friends like unfollowed and blocked me. And then it it turns out that my roommate at the time who, I feel like I just attract like the weirdest people in my life, like the most insane people. My roommate at the time, who was my best friend at the time also, apparently like she, she ended up dropping out because of bad grades. Um, She tells everyone it was because she had a heart attack. She was a very pathological liar. Uh, A side tangent. She told me that she had a friend who died on the operating table from stage five lung cancer. I didn't have the heart to tell her that there's no such thing as stage five lung cancer or the fact that that's not how cancer works. Um, And this was like one of like a slew of lies she was like always saying. Anyway, she was my best friend at the time. And uh, after she dropped out, like uh, eventually one estranged friend reached out and was like, hey, it's been a while. Do you want to come to this like throwback? I'm I'm hosting at my apartment this Saturday night. And I was like, yeah. So I went and I was just like almost on the verge of tears from happiness. Like it was just so nice to see him and his girlfriend and all these friends I hadn't talked to in a while. And I was like, hey, like, I just feel like I haven't heard you from you in forever. And he was like, yeah, dude, like last year, you know, uh, your roommate told us, I'm trying so hard not to say names because yeah. I know that's how yeah. you get clogged. But like, last year, your roommate told us, like went up to a bunch of us and told us that you hated us. Like she said that you oh. were always talking about how terrible we were and like how you don't like any of us and how annoying we were. And, um, you know, I was like, that's weird. Like I thought Abby and I were good friends, but I guess if she doesn't like me, I'm, I'm going to leave her mm-hmm. alone. And then he was like, you know, now it's been a year. Like I haven't heard from you in a while. I figured like, I would just like reach out to you and see if you still felt the same way. And I was like, I never felt that way. Mm-hmm. And it turns out she had done that with a number of friends. And this particular friend is like super chillax, like anti-drama, just the most like coolest person ever. So I was very lucky in the sense that like, he was like, even if this was true, even if you said this, shit like I'm willing to put it behind me but there were a number of people who actually very much like did block me did cut me off they were like and I don't blame them you know if like someone that I was really close friends with I found out was talking like major shit behind my back I'd be like that's fucked like let me cut them off so I don't blame them but it was a very painful way to lose friends and so um, there's some relationships that end and there's no rhyme or reason for them ending, but it's just a part of life is what I had to accept, you know, otherwise I would have driven myself crazy. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So, and I, I hope think, that's applicable to you too. <laughs> no, I think what it says though, is like something was going on. That's like, we can't explain something is going on that we can't explain that I doesn't necessarily have to do with you, Andrew. Like, I think it doesn't necessarily have to do with anything that you said or did, but there's something that's just a mystery that's going on. And it says more about her than it does about you is what I'm getting from this. But it's so hard because it's like, it really doesn't feel good when you're like, why does this friend not want to 
be my friend right. anymore. It just feels bad. That feels yeah, bad. Right. And like, right. I'm happy, Abby, not that you had a roommate who was wild or that <laughs> all of these wild people come into your life. I feel like you need to sage just yourself. You just need to save yourself. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> I think so. People, I'm not happy about that, but I'm happy that you got some closure and that you found out why. Like it's yeah. nice that you found yeah. out why. So it sucks, Andrew, that we don't know why. No, but I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because it's like, it's nice to know because I feel like I, the friends of the mutual friends that we've had that, uh, that I reach out to and I'm like, this crazy thing is happening with her. Uh, they don't have that shared experience so it's like it's nice to hear from you that you have a a similar experience and it is like fully out of my control and it's like okay this is just like life at this point uh I can't really do anything I literally can't do anything because I'm off but yeah Yeah. send her a joke on (laughs) (laughs) what's the difference between yeah Yeah. you can try if she has like a poshmark or a depop or something (laughs) you can send her a joke on that yeah i'll try that (laughs) that was a great joke and i think it's really good it might have not worked for you but i think it might work for her (laughs) yeah let me know let me know Uh (laughs) so i think um to close out what's been a really lovely episode of the pod Maybe we'll just play one quick little game. Yes, I have time. How do you feel? Yeah. Okay. It's just silly. Just silly. It's called Quick and Dirty. I'm going to ask you four questions very quickly, and then you will give your response. Okay. Are you ready, Abby? Yes. Yes. Okay. First question. Your favorite flirty emoji? Oh, uh, the simp emoji. Okay, what is that? No, you know what I'm talking about. You 100 percent know what I'm talking about the one with the glossy oh, this, eyes. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, split the check on a first date. No, no. I mean like <laughs> I mean like so my thing is I will split the check on a first date and I'll always offer to pay for half. But uh, in most cases, I found that like my the the best interactions I've had with men are the ones who are like, let me pay for the first, let's take turns paying. Like I would much prefer taking turns to pay than splitting because I think taking turns is like much more intimate where it's like splitting just feels like it's like purely financial. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Yeah. It's like, it's nice. Yeah. I get this one. You get the next one. Like I'll spot you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like trust, you know? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, okay. Favorite opening line on a dating app. I'm never the one who messages first. I'm too pretty. Okay. <laughs> Wait. Um, no, that's good. That's an answer. Yeah, that's an answer. Okay. And last question, um, which I feel like I know the answer to. Um, getting back with an ex, yes or no? No. No. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. Anything but hell no. I would be worried, Abby. Yeah. <laughs> No. Yeah. <laughs> End of I mean, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I've dated a lot of guys. Um, maybe like two or three of them turned out to actually be good people, but like it the reason it ended, like there was a reason that it ended, you know. And so I can't foresee that reason changing by any means. Um, so no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, Abby, yeah. it's been so much fun to have you on the podcast. How does everyone who's listening follow you? Oh yeah. So on Twitter, I'm Abby Gove, A-B-B-Y-G-O-V. Um, on Instagram, I'm Abby Govindan, A-B-B-Y-G-O-V-I-N-D-A-N. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, um, a website. If you're into newsletters, uh, <laughs> I have 
uh, my web series coming out on Rizzle soon. I'm selling up in the process of selling a podcast with a very hilarious comedian, Dana Donnelly, who I believe oh, has been we're on this obsessed podcast. with Dana. Dana's been on the pod. She's great. Um, So the premise of our podcast actually is that uh, men come on our podcast and pitch us their podcast idea and we tell them it's stupid. The joke is that like (laughs) there are too many podcasts by men. And so like we're talking men out of making podcasts. Um, We're in the process of selling that. Yeah. So Abby actually. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No, that's what we, Dana and I say we're civil serving that honestly. You are. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And uh what else? I, yeah. I mean, like I, uh, have a Ted talk coming out soon, um, cool. with Wesleyan university. So like all these things are on my social media all the time. So if anyone who's listening would like to follow me on socials, I just always keep my followers updated about cool stuff like that. They got to yeah. follow you. They got to follow you. Yeah. You're going to miss out on so much. Yeah. Um, they yeah. must. And, um, anyone listening, if you need dating advice, DM us at receipts pod, we don't always have the best advice, but we do have opinions and we want to help you. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> yes. We've got opinions and, um, we still have a referral program. So if you're listening to the pod and you love it, you can go to receipts and you can share the podcast with your friends and win prizes, including, uh, a panel of comedians fixing your dating app profiles, which is truly the best prize of all time. I know. Incredible. Oh yeah, for sure. Really good. Everyone needs the help. So refer your friends. Thank you guys. It's receipts. This has been receipts, a dating podcast with evidence hosted by Jenny Gorlick and produced by Andrew McGuire. Make sure to follow us on social media. I'm at Jenny Sequa, J-E-N-N-Y-C-E-S-T-Q-U-O-I on Instagram and at Jenny Gorlick on Twitter. And you can follow me on Instagram at McGuireGuy at M-C-G-U-I underscore G-U-I. The cover art is by Megan Patzel. The theme song is written by Dylan Adler, sung by Cheno Pinter, and produced by Douglas Wittick. Check out full videos on YouTube and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And make sure you subscribe. If you need dating advice, we'd love to help you out. Send us a DM to at ReceiptsPod.